Or to teach my kids, and then I'm like, okay, what's a tutor? T u d o r. Yeah. And then we go into Henry the Eighth and all of that. That's funny. Keila and I. Speaking of that, like Keila and I have taught a lot together, and there was this stretch of time where we were teaching at a specific school, which I won't name. But we were teaching. But its initials are L A L A. That's true. So we called it Lala, and every week we would meet at this place, Lala, and he'd say, "You ready for Lala?" And I'd go, "Oh God, here we go." And it was the sweetest group of little kids, but they were rambunctious. And I don't do super well with extremely young kids because mm-hmm. I, I'm, I do really well with the high schoolers, middle schoolers. I'm good. But this was like what? Like we had a four year old. Oh, Oof. man. Oh, it, no, it no, was, no. It, it, it's an elementary school. So I think, you know, it was like four to 11 to fifth grade. Yeah, it was like four to 11 or so. And it was or four to 10, maybe. And uh, who there was some fun ones. But we mm. did things like that. And uh there were also a lot of mosquitoes in that cafeteria. Oh my god! Uh. It was intense, <laughs> yeah, and the four-year-old threw up a couple times. And Aww. we did put on a Christmas show. We did put on a Christmas show, and it was good. It was good. And the audience was. <laughs> or all, the parents all said into so it. anyway. <laughs> hey, well, you know, I we walked had out to... crying. Oh, all right, all right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Love it. It was fun. Yeah, it was good times. Um. You know, Bailey and uh, I have been through a lot together, um, teaching all have. over the world. That's true. We were in Kenya together. In fact, he got sick the same night that I got malaria. I'm pretty uh, sure. Did you get malaria too? I did not get malaria. Oh, I just okay. got a ba- I just got a bad case of, of eating something that I didn't know what it was, and yeah. it was very late in the evening. Yeah. After a very very long, you know, journey. Same here. Yeah, Same yeah. here. So. Yeah, exactly. But we had a great time. Um, and it was beautiful. And I, I hope to go back someday. But we put on Hamlet uh, with in three different languages. And it was the coolest thing I've ever done in my entire life. Um, Keela was there for that. Good times, Keela. Uh, hey. Hey, everybody. Speaking of, of Keela. Well, that that's not a good segue. <laughs> um, I want to say this, though. I want to say this, though. We normally save this for the end of the episode, but while you're oh. here and we got the energy up, I gotta say this. I really would love it if everyone who is listening right now just took a moment. Take a deep breath to yourself, maybe. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. If you're driving, don't close your eyes. If you're driving. No. <laughs> <laughs> take a deep breath. Tra- tragedy a deep in breath. the Southland. <laughs> 
<laughs> he was told to. Funny um, car pileup. Yeah. In what authorities podcast. are describing as a tragedy. Yes. <laughs> Please take a deep breath, though, wherever you are, and then think about us and think about whether this is your first time listening to us, which that would be weird because this is part two. Weirdo. Weirdo. Um, <laughs> um, or, you know, you're, you know, a, a listener all the time. Please check if you're a subscriber. Just go check. It really does help us if you subscribe so fast. and then you you rate and then you review. Your review could be an insult and still give us five stars though. Your rate your <laughs> your review could be could be just like just type your favorite word that we used. I don't know. Fuck. Right. Tutor. 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 Try to type out the the tutor toot toot two toots thing. Love it. Transcultural. I am a mother tra- pheasant pluck- plucker. Yeah, I pluck mother review pheasants. Review us with your favorite vocal warm-up. Mine is go. all of the lyrics from Modern Major General. So we're nice. gonna we're gonna give you a second to do that uh, right now. Here we go. Good you job. Know who's, you know who's already done it, and we should give Who? a shout out. Yes, Chris Richardson, old friend Chris of mine. Chris is the fucking best. Old Tell friend me. of mine. He literally is now like posting pictures of him uh, eating cake. And listening to our podcast, or what? drinking tea and listening to our podcast. Yeah, he he, he said Showgirls was his favorite episode yet. He was well, it, so it impressed was with the <laughs> with the depth and the level of of our analysis of that. Which, <laughs> <laughs> I read a lot of feminist uh, feminist posts and articles. Everyone go listen to our Showgirls. Episode. Women, Scott, thank you. Yeah. You know, I wasn't born an ally, <laughs> CJ. I've had to work really hard. I know you had to work it. really, really hard at it, yeah. and. <laughs> I say for all women, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, no big deal. You yeah, want all my love and my devotion. <laughs> See, that's what you subscribe for. Yes. yes. You come for the theater, you stay for the Kila. Now, that leads me to our intro, which I'm going to do now welcome the theater theater (laughs) the theater podcast for theater nerds made by three theater makers from the la theater scene i'm jay bailey burcham i'm cj merriman and i'm scott leggett and each week we get together to discuss debate and disseminate the evolutions of the great playwrights by taking a macro look at three of their plays now we don't do all three plays in one week we split them up you just you understand and this is part two of our mini series covering the works of David Henry Huang. That's right. It's M. Potterfly Part Two. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we're gonna finish <laughs> up our discussion on Golden Child, and then we're gonna talk about his 2008 play Yellow Face. Uh, before we do that, though, I want to introduce you once again to our guest, my dear friend, my incredible world traveling companion, and teaching artist and actor of stage and screen. MFA in acting from Columbia University, Hawaii Five-O, Grey's Anatomy, all the things you already know him. You've already looked him up. You've already Googled him. You've already taken a screenshot of his picture and added it to your spank bank. We love him. It is Kilo. Don't forget, outspoken, <gasps> where oh. Jay Bailey Birchman and I met and worked together in a play written by Blair Barron, a close friend of ours and colleague. Yes. Um... And that's how it all started. We actually met through the New Musicals Incorporated, a fifteen-minute mu- uh, musical festival. So that's true. These are all very LA-specific things. <laughs> it's such an interesting thing. We we met doing a play called Outspoken um, about 
all of the characters from Shakespeare's canon who are very outspoken, and they're all in the clink together in this sort of amorphous, timeless jail, right? Um, and That's cool. Yeah. It's really fun, and they all get to sort of plead their case, and as they do, they get to reenact scenes from their uh, their shows, respective shows, and Keela played the jailer who played all of the roles that were in the scenes with us. So he would be the jailer and then he'd flip off his robe and all of a sudden he'd be Lear. Or he would uh, flip off his robe and all of a sudden he'd be Romeo or whatever it may be. So it was incredible. And in uh, our in our scene, you were Falstaff and I was Prince Hal. That's oh, right. Nice. I was Falstaff. It was my first gig in L.A., my first like real legit gig in L.A. And uh, Keela was my Prince And then Hal he left the to do Damn Yankees. Uh, in mid-run, I booked a regional gig that paid really well, and I went and took it, and they had to recast me, and apparently that wasn't the best situation, and I apologize. But it happened. <laughs> it happened. I mean, that Damn Yankees was great, starring um, Travis Leland and Renee Marino, a Broadway veteran. That's correct. Travis Leland, dear friend of the pod, and uh, Renee Marino, who played my Roberta in uh, Danny and the Deep Blue Sea. All right. Now we know who Keela Packett is and who he is to me. He matters a lot to me. And uh, So good to I be here with all of you. It's so Keela, cool. you and I missed each I other by like two or three years at Theatricum. Oh, you were at Theatricum. I was there like wow. 2008, 2009 and oh, got all my equity points and all that stuff. I got my equity points there as well. <laughs> That's what That's it's there for. That's how you do it. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. My early days of LA theater. Yeah, I just moved out here. I'd been out place. here. Yeah, I'd been out here like a year and a half, two years. Boy, those were some messy summers for me. Ooh, boy. <laughs> I was very young. Made a lot of mistakes. That's it. what it's for. <laughs> and getting your equity points. Yeah, right. <laughs> here we are disseminating plays and inseminating. Commentary. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Very theater of us, yes. <laughs> Thank uh, you, Scat. Thank, thank you, you. Scat Leggett. He didn't get to do it at the beginning this time. I, I didn't let him. I'm sorry. And cue the heat is on inside. Yeah, Everyone, see, send us you're, suggestions you're for me, new bits. But you're the one who started it. You're the one who put it in my head, Bailey. That I you know what song's been stuck, though, in my head, kind of what? deeply? I've done before, yeah. I've done before, yeah. I've done before, yeah. I've done before, yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> I assumed I know, it was a song being it's sang by be a gymnast. Sort of, it's British. It's got to be some sort of British thing, right? Yeah, it's kind of hot. <laughs> um. Anyway, Culture Club. Anyway, go listen to the a theater podcast i mean you know m butterfly george that is a boy it, it all correlates true yeah, yeah that's true boy george uh okay last time we were about halfway through our discussion on the 1998 play golden child now this is a pre-matrix play okay this is pre the matrix so <laughs> it's I want to see how this bridge is going to be built. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just saying it's a different world after 1999, right? Like, nothing happened in 2000 or 2001 of significance, Nothing right? happened what? in 2001. No, no I don't know what no, you're talking no, about. No. 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 Um, <laughs> I'm really kidding. I have no connection there. I just always think of 1999 as being the year that I saw The Matrix, and then everything changed. Um, you were nine. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's also and? my it's yeah. my second favorite Prince album. Well, it's Matrix? my second Matrix? favorite. No, ni- <laughs> 1999. Oh, sure. Oh. <laughs> I just saw Il Trovatore at LA Opera. And it was had a very Matrix feel. Uh, all the male leads had on these black leather, long leather trench coats. I love and that. And there was a Justice. very ominous green light. Uh, all right. The of the stage. Ah. And, um, you know, people singing their faces off. That's rad. At the, Dis- right. at the Disney Center? No, this was at the Dorothy Chandler. Oh, the Dorothy Chandler. I'm going to turn something like Henry Four into the matrix someday that'd be really fun mm. or like you know wouldn't that be fun <laughs> you, you know it's funny is um am i crazy if i lost my fucking mind <laughs> no it... that's the point of oh, shakespeare it's... is to make it is to make it is new to keep, and, yeah and keep resonate. ripping it apart yeah yeah but there was um pictures the of... tempest with uh, oh yeah, Power yeah. Rangers. yeah but you look at like orson wells that 1939 julius caesar where they're all in the black trench coats and it's all modern and oh, it's big yeah. strike lights and and people were looking at it's like oh is was was this the matrix is like no dude that was 70 years ago and uh orson wells was on was on top of it but that's the thing you're absolutely right keila it's like take that shakespeare and mix it up mix it well, up. i saw i saw you can you can I saw Kelsey Grammer as Macbeth on Broadway and it was a very kind of long trench coat dark leather trench coat kind of like a Darth Vader thing mm. was that and the one with Ty Burrell was in that too he had I just think finished, so I, he had just finished at Penn State with me so I left at the intermission with, oh <laughs> yeah I, it was not <laughs> it was not well received which we should also should just yell about for a second the Macbeth that's coming out in December. The Denzel. Denzel. I'll just throw that word around willy nilly. What? I, I just want to. It's the that Scottish play, and you've just cursed us. Again. We're not and in theaters right now. We're not no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's bad. It's bad mojo. Right. You got. I'm excited so, to see Scottish play. You got to spit Denzel. on your foot and run around your apartment building three times. You're excited to see the Scottish movie. <laughs> you got to pee on your foot. Spit. I was told you had to. Spit I did on during your the break. Foot. Yeah, Denzel is. Oh, did you? Denzel is doing Mackers. Very exciting. I'm stoked um, for that. And Frances yeah. McDormand is already yes. a front runner for oh. Best Actress, and she's never, you know. She's never been recognized before. <laughs> she doesn't. She, she doesn't I, have enough. We're gonna give White Women a chance, y'all. <laughs> is she Lady M? This yeah. This is the first I'm hearing this. Yeah. Oh. Wow. And Joel Cohn. It's the, his first. The first. Right. I knew that. Wow. Theater, Solo theater, film. field trip. Wow. After we see Dear wow. Evan Hansen. Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, what so, can I say uh, you to need you? To see th- Sorry. I saw Dear Evan Hansen in the theater, and in the theater. When? <laughs> What's your take? Well, I saw I saw the tour at the Curran Theater in San Francisco. I can't remember the gentleman who played Evan Hansen. He was actually the the standby for the oh okay. Broadway main guy. Incredible, incredible. There's nothing like seeing an electric performance live, and I'm sure my friend who has seen Ben Platt. Um, there is just, uh, you know, there's a palpable energy about the ticks and the nervousness that you can't, you can't put on film because it's a bit too broad. 
mm-hmm. yeah. film. And when film is magnified, uh, it just comes off as um, as played. And we yeah. don't want to see something that's being played. We want to see something that's organic and natural. And I think, you know, some musicals weren't meant to be made into films. But, you know, there are reasons why they felt like the, the story, which Money? deals with some mental illness and suicide. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, right. Uh, unfortunately, it's just kind of brushed along. And there are some successful things about it. And then there are some things that I preferred seeing live. And I'm done speaking. All right. Yeah. right on. Fair enough. Right on. Um, There's an uncanny valley-ness to Ben Platt's performance. That gross. Uh, We've talked about uncanny, <laughs> uncanny valley on the podcast before. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. a there's a bit of that. I'm excited to see it. I'll I'll give my take uh, at another date. Um, okay, Golden Child, motherfucking Golden Child. Mm, so CJ right. already broke it down last time, but we should maybe like kind of step through it a little bit because this one's really interesting because it's a. It's like Big Fish or like um, Titanic, like right where it's it's starting in present day and then the story begins being told and we go back to another time, uh, which is exciting for me as like a theater goer. That sounds really fun to see, mm-hmm. right? Um, I said last time, like, I just really want to see this. And mm-hmm. I do. I just, I just like, I kept reading it being like, oh, this would be so fun fun to watch where is this being produced um and sadly i don't think i had ever heard Liquid of this pools? before what, what did <laughs> that'd you be say? rad <laughs> right cool sacred fools we could do it it did do a run of east west players um okay. i think that was a long time ago though i think it was like 2001 i think like it that. was originally was it no maybe it was yellow face yellow yeah. face was um they were involved production yeah, yeah well, they did it. They did it at the Signature in Virginia, outside of DC, in 2012. That's the most recent, like, real regional, hardcore professional production of it, directed by Lee Silverman, who oh. uh, did not direct the Broadway production. But Lee Silverman oh. has directed Soft Power and Chinglish, right. and right. Um. So we start in the present day with Andrew Kwong, who is sort of visited by a ghost right which i i'm always in for that i gotta be honest like that's that's one of those those devices i'm like yeah here we go you had this me is gonna ghost. be fun <laughs> yeah you had me a ghost i'm here here we go this is a fairy tale i'm in right away so it's his grandmother who comes to talk to him because his wife is pregnant and he's having some issues with it or i assume that's why she's there i don't know but she is telling him the story of her father so it's his grandmother so that's his great grandfather i assume Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um uh tiang ban right is his Mm -hmm. name Mm -hmm. tiang bin or tank it's spelled different ways in different places so it's just depends on which script you picked up i guess um but he is a chinese businessman and it's the early eight, 1900s, what, 1918, 1918, which I was trying to think of things. What else is like set in that time? Like Ip Man is a little after this, right? The or, like, Spanish flu was Ip set Man. in that time. Uh, the <laughs> Alchemist, I'm not, not the Alchemist, but the, um, what am I saying? Um, not the Alchemist, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> New York City. Crime. 19- oh, the alienist. 
the alienist yeah oh is it oh yeah. okay yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, that's yeah. it's that turn i mean it's such a, a fascinating time it's literally a world-changing time because yeah. we're at yeah. the, the end, end of world, world war one um yeah and and but then you've got weird imperialism like i think uh something to bring up um is that he's uh our, our lead character is doing business in the philippines he's been away in the right. philippines which For three is years yeah and if you want to talk about like happy uh philippinex appreciation filipino american yeah. uh history month um yeah. but the philippines especially at that time starts going through fucked up colonization shit like the spanish the french the english americans are all fuck around with the filipino culture filipino society filipino economy filipino government like they're fucking with it because it's if you look at it just on a map it's this sort of cross section of in the ocean between china and japan and the west and and it, it and uh, that's where they also annexed Hawaii because it they was kind also, of a, exactly you know, and, a midway point. Yeah, and so it's mm. this, you know, it in and of itself that that it, it's a place where first of all, you know, a lot of people described it uh, as a gateway to the Far East for a long period of time was the Philippines, and so he's that it's getting inundated with Westernization, and so the fact that he's there and then taking that back to his village in China where he has three wives, we should say. And uh, it, it just is a fascinating historical time and place to write a story and to be part of a story. And for him, for, for Huang to, as a playwright, to have his family connected to it, it's, it's just great fodder for, for drama. Right. I loved the whole backstory of how he came to this play. That like when he was 10, he decided, hey, I want to figure out my family's history. And I think he did it with his grandmother. So in this is like material. Right. This is like material that he's been gathering his whole life. So I just, I loved that little backstory part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the whole polygamy thing. It's just so like sexy. And, <laughs> all the possibilities. Um, but also that... Um, like we were saying in the previous episode, how each wife is so different and so clear and sympathetic in their own way. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and representational almost more than anything, right? And, and But also because it is something that as Americans especially, people are like, whoa, you know, polygamy, like whatever. It's, multiple lives. Right. Um, it, it gets to be used as a device in another way where it, it, it does make us sort of want more for the modern, for the westernized. And, you know, there's a slippery slope here because we're not trying to say, like, delete your traditions completely, delete who you are and become westernized. That is the goal. Right. And I don't think that's what he's trying to say either. I think he's just more at this place of like... Well, no, we have to, it's the Joylet Club thing as well, right, Keela? You brought that up in the last episode where it's sort of more about like, yes, but we also are, um, uh, we also are these other things and we also have to move forward. And some of these things like the binding of feet, some of these things like multiple wives, like maybe that isn't uh, the best that we can be as humans. Maybe it is though. Maybe it is. I don't know. Because, you know, teach them, it kind of well, it's all too reminded... rooted in the past. Right. It right. kind of reminded me of August Wilson, too, in that I think he has so many characters, particularly when you get into the later, his later decade plays, 
people trying to figure out how to how to fadge out their culture and their history with the life that they have now. Yeah. And right. I really like that. I love that. I, I love that. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Scott. No, no. I was, I was just going to agree. Please go ahead. Yeah. I, I mentioned something earlier uh, in the previous episode that intercultural dis dissonances are a recent source of dramatic conflict in new American playwriting since the 80s. And I said, you know, David Henry Huang was the OG, but now that you mentioned August Wilson, they both use those family... And two you know, completely family different worlds, too. Totally. Yeah. Right. But it yeah. has, you know, a similar impact because, you know, they are not... Uh, David Henry Huang, I think, well, both of them really, are, you know, there's comedic bits mm -hmm. in all of them. Uh, and I'd say mostly with August Wilson's work, the, the dramatic there really takes more dramatic turns and, and some of it's very much more tragic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but with Wong, it's, it's kind of like tragic comic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. No, that's a, that's a great point. And, and again, then we get back to this idea, this sort of theme that continues that's really clearly in M butterfly and all of his work is, is this idea of identity and the uh, idea of, and the specificity of being a Chinese American, not just, not, just under the umbrella of AAPI, but um, right. is it's beautiful because you're you're he's exploring his family in in a very honest and truthful way, uh, and that conflict of you know, a changing world, and never mind <laughs> what goes on in China for the next fifty years after nineteen eighteen, and then you know from then on it's. Uh, well, right. Incredible. Well, the Russian Revolution was happening. The Russian mm -hmm. Revolution's happening, you know, and all of that's uh, informing, you know, and so when you build it to that that really powerful moment, and we should also say that the character of An is a 10-year-old girl who also doubles up as the grandmother. So it's this huge demand on a very young actress to play these dual roles in the mm -hmm. thing. But just you know the 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 foot binding thing, the moment of him going, I enough of this. Like he's just been he's been outside of that world. You know we we can even talk about it today in terms of like small townism. You know mm -hmm. where we're at in, in the country right now between you know uh, country mouse and city mouse. It's crazy. It's true. I mean, we should think about the '90s too. There was a lot of anti-Chinese rhetoric because it was uh, there might be spies. Uh oh, there might be spies from China, right? Mm -hmm. That was oh, the yeah. whole nine. That was all of the nineties, which yeah. is just well, freaking I mean, insane. And to not to mention now and coronavirus and beyond right. and, and yeah. everything well, before that owe, as well. We owe that Asian American hatred hatred to the Page Act of eighteen seventy five and the Chinese Exclusion Act of eighteen eighty two when mm -hmm. Reister Arthur was president, <laughs> and there was a whole yellow peril. The unas, you know, the un assimilable foreigner right so thanks right. america yeah thanks, good america. job america great yeah. work oh, jesus christ <laughs> yeah um we love it um okay so is there anything else I, I want people to read this play or go see it i really want to go see it is there anything else we want to say specifically about golden child because honestly like i feel like if we get too deep into it we give away sort of the ending and why it, the story is being told um the three I'm glad you said that because i was just about to say why is she the golden child <laughs> yeah well i mean we can answer that i guess in a way um why is she the golden child 
Well, she's she's transitioned. She's going to she's going to introduce the the past to the future and the future to the past, and um, it's it's a unique position to be in where you because she leaves. If I'm correct, she leaves and and she goes to the Philippines too, uh, at least with with her dad. Eventually, she no, she goes to America eventually, and then she goes back to the Philippines. Um, right. It's um. Yeah, it's it, it's lovely, and and we should also say it's a very easy read. Like I cranked this oh, out yeah. like in yeah. ninety minutes. Like I was yeah. like, wait, what? What? I'm done, and like was like moved by it and affected by it. Um, and I just the specificity that he uses, uh, it just it knocked me out, and it and it surprised me because I like I said I'd read the I think I talked about it in part one. I'd read the foreword about all of the work and the the various productions and incarnations and the work that he had to do to to cull it down from what he described as a very very wordy play to a very action driven play. Really, like you know, and all all three of those women are fantastic. Fantastic. I, I, I could see it as being kind of a, a modern masterpiece with a, like a trilogy in a way. I really yeah. don't think mm. it's long enough. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It is a shorty. I'd love to see a really phenomenal visual director take this on and just like transport us to. Yeah, because you have the China. three pavilions. Yeah. You mean Julie Taymor? <laughs> no. Preferably no. someone of Asian, Asian yeah. descent. Yeah. 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 You know. Um, I do have a quote I'd, uh, that I've knocked me on my ass. Uh, men, you dream of changing the world when you cannot even change yourselves. Boom. Mm. I also Ooh, like humility I... is power. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. And uh, I love the whole, not to give too much away, but the whole kind of tragedy of the first wife and her succumbing to opium. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, right. Absolutely. Well, so two of the wives end up passing. One succumbs to opium one i won't tell why how that happens because that's actually a great part of the play yeah i think everyone should check it out. yeah but and then you see the, joy luck club then he probably well, well, that's an true idea. that's true um and you know and they're kind of also it it has a little bit of that feeling of because it's storytelling and there's some magical realism here with the the ghost nests and things like that like it does feel a little bit fairy tale and it, i just i would love to see it in a big visual way um but after golden child he does something that we mentioned in passing on our last miniseries. He does an adaptation of Pierre Gint, mm-hmm. which is right. by Henrik Ibsen uh, and the, uh, the original Henrik Ibsen thing. So he, he makes that. Then he does a Humanifest play. He does Jade Flower Pots and Bound Feet. He does Tibet Through the Red Box, the great Heim- Helmsman. Have Helmsman, you guys ever heard of that one? No, I... I... I I I, I, I went looking for it, and you, poking for it, but I didn't. Did I've you mention Dance in the Railroad? That's early. That's uh, Dance in the Railroad is his second play. So yeah, we didn't with mention it. Fob. We didn't mention that. Yeah. There's Dance of the Railroad. There's Family Devotions, House of Sleeping Beauties, Sound of Voice, As the Crow Flies, Rich Relations. That's all just leading up to M Butterfly. He was just constantly writing after FOB after Fob. So, um, but then we get now we're in the. We're later, deep 2000s, we're in a post-The Matrix world. In fact, at this point, we're in a post-Matrix Revolutions world. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's a whole new place. Are we, going, are, we, are we going to 1993 at all? 
we're gonna go back to 1993 because we have to right in a way this is a really interesting play now before we really dissect how this one plays out it's very complicated i think we need to hear a very simplified version of that and the way that we do that here on this podcast it comes in a nice neat wrapped up gift called CJ's breakdown. Uh, a self-mocking drama about DHH's reaction to the casting of Caucasian actor Jonathan Price as a Eurasian character in the Broadway musical Miss Saigon. Huang was loudly critical of the casting choice, and he wrote this play in response. Um, the heat is on in Saigon. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So, it's... Can I say, the first... Thing that comes to mind the first word that comes to mind is mockumentary yeah like not <laughs> mockumentary like in the way that like best in show is a mockumentary or like the office but it has that like a feeling uh, of you can like tell he's laughing at himself through the yeah too yeah it's yeah it's like a it's like a faux stage documentary right uh, which which laramie project is similar to that right yeah. where it's like it's about a true they're thing exactly alike they're the same thing. Yeah. Um, the same no, but I mean, thing. there's they're similar because Laramie Project is sort of a documentary on stage, right? Sure. Because it's true monologues being put and and dramatized. This is, this is his account of this, but it's also semi-fictional, right? Which is why I say mockumentary. Like it's right. hard to say documentary, I guess, kind of thing. Right. But it's but, a reaction. It's a reaction to something that happened in his career. Just right. like soft power is a reaction to something that happened to him personally. Right. 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 So I love that he puts himself in his plays. It's kind of phenomenal. He's, uh, who's a director that does that? I was trying to think, besides M. Night fucking Shyamalan. Um, doesn't matter. We don't have to get uh, into Hitchcock? it. Hitchcock? Peter Jackson. Hitchcock. Guest. Christopher Guest. Christopher Guest. Mockumentary King. Yeah. Um, but so he writes this play in 1993 called Face Value. Right. Mm-hmm. Does anybody know much about face value? All I know about it is that we're like deep in that anti Chinese hate. Jane Krakowski in was in it as Jane was Mark Lynn Baker. Yeah, Mark Lynn Baker. <gasps> really? too, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they oh. were both in, yeah, because they're characters in the play too. Yeah. Like literally. Um you know what this reminded me of? Not to digress too much, um, but having just seen it recently, uh an Octoroon. Uh and how Jenkins I have yes. that in my notes. How yes. Jenkins does does epic theater capital E Brechtian uh, stuff, and then it gets meta, and then it gets unmeta, and then it's a kind of a wink and a nod at the end. Like it's yeah. it, it's it's really I think, great. I think Huang uh, has 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 gone on record by saying that he feels that the most successful theater is the kind that is very aware, self-aware of what it's yeah. doing, mm-hmm. very Brechtian, mm-hmm. right. as opposed to the representational theater, which I personally love. It's very Chekhovian and a little bit of what Golden Child is doing, but he prefers to be in the same seat with the audience and having sort of kind of rapport. Right. 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 And you know, the, the did you see an Octoroon, Keela? I did not. I had tickets and then they canceled it for two weeks. Oh, no. That's right. Yeah. Right. right. It was during that time. Okay. Uh, the the three it. of us did see it. I'm really interested in that script. Um, it, it, yeah, because, yes, I kept thinking of it, too, especially the turn 
at the end of the mm-hmm, play mm-hmm. where we do kind of and I will give this away because I think it's worth talking about like we've already said it's fictional there is a a point where DHH turns to the audience and says okay well here's what was fictional mm-hmm. right like this is the, uh, and it 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 sort of makes you realize that not everything that has been presented is the truth even though it was presented as sort of like a documentary style thing mm-hmm. he explains that he made it up to make a point about uh, the Miss Saigon casting, obviously. Um, but then he gives the character that he made up a choice about how they get to end. You mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically, like, says, like, well, and how do you want to end it? And that Octoroon kind of did that, too, where he got to sort of look at everyone and be like, okay, but, like, what if we got to change this ending or whatever? You know, like, you're a character in, in my play. Let's Let's talk to each other. And I think this does it better because it's slight and it's simple. And like Octoroon felt very, I want to read Octoroon. I don't know yet. I, I haven't it, made my full. Octoroon is very yeah. complicated on the page. And he's also, Jenkins is also using the the original play Octoroon. So he's commenting on a play that's already existed for a long period of time. That's true too. Which um, this is too. But it, yeah. yeah, but he wrote In it. In a different way. Yeah, but right. he, he right. wrote it. Um, and there's something I think that what he is so successful in this is that he makes it so intimate. Like I felt yeah. really connected to the character of David Henry Huang in this play, yeah. and so I'm 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 with him through the end. Especially because he starts out and at the very beginning he he's you know he's self-deprecating. You know, he's throwing out quotes from people who hate him or who are criticizing of him. You know, that's one of the things that I mean. I connected so much to the show was like, is it? I don't know that I've I've come across an artist yet that just thinks they're fucking great all the time. In fact, the best ones are usually very self deprecating and and insecure about their work. And I I just not (laughs) Jodorowsky. They're not Jodorowsky. Listen, I don't know that I relate to Jodorowsky at all. Um, okay. What are you talking about? <laughs> I rewatched El Topo. I rewatched El Topo. Come on, since we come did on the back podcast. over. We're gonna we're gonna watch Holy Mountain again tonight. <laughs> I'd do it for yeah. you guys. I would, but I would <laughs> complain loudly the whole time. I texted yeah. Scott the other day because I I got this weird weird like m- like deep in my belly feeling of like Bailey, you need to rewatch El Topo. And I was like, why? <laughs> And I never thought I would feel that way. If you listen to that episode, I'm just like, no, there's no way I'll ever watch this again. And for some reason, I was like, well, maybe, I don't know. And I put it back on and I texted Scott like halfway through, like, I'm digging this. God damn it. Because <laughs> you kind of sold me on it, Scott. I don't know. I'm never going to watch it again. But no, don't, you, you don't you have like to. It. You like it. You can watch it whenever you want. It's an experience. The problem is, yeah. is I don't think I do like it. I don't, I, I don't, but I like to punish myself, number one. Yeah. And number two... I I, li- I love curios. I love to watch showgirls. It doesn't mean I love showgirls, but I kind of do. I kind of do love showgirls. <laughs> you love showgirls, don't I? I love showgirls. <laughs> um, go ahead, Keila. I like the uh, the idea of kind of the, de- de- the deconstruction of this experience, what you're talking about with Octoroon. I think a similar, you know, Susan Laurie Parks does it. Lynn Nottage does mm-hmm, it, where it's mm-hmm. kind of like... yeah. All these plays that are dealing with race really kind of getting down and dirty about it. And I think uh, Huang um, is is doing that because just, you know, I mean, we don't, it goes without saying, you know, institutional, systematic 
um, systemic racism is just part of our culture. And it's like yeah. these artists have to break it down for the audience and tell them, look, this is what's happened to us. Oh, and by the way, this is who we really are yeah. because we're not represented that way. Yeah. Right. Right. Keila, you had mentioned something off mic that I think is super interesting that we should get into a little bit because yellow, yellow face as a thing like blackface or any other thing, right? It, you know, exists, it is ingrained in Hollywood, right? Oh, and for in sure. theater and all these things. And talk to me about that. Uh, like, I, 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 I'd be happy to talk to you about that. And I yeah. think that's why. You know, it's been happening since the beginning of cinema, which, by the way, 1918, if you think mm -hmm. about when, you know, wow. the early Hollywood wow. movies were starting to um, take place, that's when, you know, the Chinese Exclusion Act was. So, of course, they're going to be portrayed in a way that's very negative. Yeah. And, you know, fast forward, you know, uh, 90 so years, and then we still have... Jonathan Price playing a Eurasian man on the London stage and Cameron McIntosh saying, look, if, if he doesn't get to be in the show, then we're canceling the show. It's kind of like, what world are you living in? Right. So obviously yeah. that's why Wong we is looked like all over the world and we couldn't <laughs> find any. And, you know, I get it. He's, he's an incredible actor. And I actually saw Jonathan Price uh, in My Fair Lady Wow. In the West End, et cetera, whatever. And he was great, a little, a little dull, but it's later on in his career. So that's another so yeah. thing I love about Keela is that he's seen every show ever, always with every person. <laughs> like, it's like true. Well, it's fucking awesome. I, I wish I had seen Yellowface because it was, it, it, it premiered at the Mark Taper Forum in 2007 and then at the Public Theater in New York in 2008. I was still in New York at the time. Uh, who knows what I was doing? I was probably waiting tables trying to. Mm -hmm. Pay my rent. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, at a time where I wasn't able to see, you know, a lot of theater. So, yeah. uh, Yellowface, you know, I've got a, I've got a, a list here of about twenty examples of Yellowface out of a wow. list of about a hundred. Yeah. yeah. Starting. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying, the, all, the first one I always think of is Mickey Rooney in Breakfast. Oh yeah, right. We'll get there. That's we'll the get okay. Got, got it. Got it. Okay. Um, in 1915, Mary Pickford played Chocho San in Madame Butterfly, silent version. Mm -hmm. In 1927, we had Lon Chaney playing Mr. Wu. Uh, uh, in 1928, 29, and 32, twice we had Myrna Loy. She's done it four times. Wow. 1934, Bella Lugosi. 1938, now this is a really important one. This is when um, Pearl S. Buck's uh, novel, The Good Earth, mm -hmm. was made into a film. And uh, our, the late, great anime Wong campaigned to play that role since the novel was published in 1931. So about five years she campaigned to play that role. But instead, Irving Thalberg... Oh, he cast Paul Muni to play the male lead who was in Yellowface. And because mm -hmm. of the Hayes Code in 1934, um, mixed races were not allowed to share romantic scenes in the cinema. Jesus. So they cast Louise Reiner, who's a German, who had just won an Oscar the year before for The Great Stigfield. Mm. She played uh, Olan in The Good Earth in Yellowface, and she won the Academy Award. Mm -hmm. Oh. So that's 1938, and she was I up against Barbara Stanwyck, Irene Dunn, Janet Gaynor, Janet Gaynor for the original 
uh, Star is Born, by the way. That's and right. Wow. That's right. That's mm. right. So, and Louise, Re Louise Reiner ended up leaving the industry uh, two years later because she knew better. She was like, uh, this is not cool. I'm going to go on back to Germany and do stage. Hmm. So that's 1938. Uh, also, by the way, another tidbit about Anna Mae Wong, um, who was born in L.A. Actually, she's second generation. Her grandparents immigrated to uh, to California before the Chinese Exclusion Act in the 1850s. Oh, wow. hmm. She was gaining she was really uh, gaining recognition as a silent film star. And then in 1926, she was a huge popular star. She she nailed the first rivet into the Chinese Grauman's Theater. That's here. right. Oh, that's right. I remember this story. Yeah. Holy but get shit. this shit. Get this shit. She was never invited to actually put her handprints and footprints Fuck that. into the of Chinese course. Theater. Of it's course. because of her essence is why they decided this whole exoticism um, you know, she was part of that, and yet she wasn't invited to the party. So wow. that's one thing I really, I really have to mention. That's very important. Also, Anna Mae Wong and Lucy Liu are the only Asian American actresses with stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Holy fuck! So, wow. um, in 1939, we have Anthony Quinn. In 1944, Catherine Hepburn. 1946, Rex Harrison uh, played the king uh, in Anna yeah, yeah. and the King of Siam. That's mm. right. And, 1946, Fred Astaire. 1956, John Wayne. 1956, Yul Brenner in The King and I. Right. Let's not forget, Rita right. Moreno played Top Tim. That's right. Mar wow. Marlon Brando in 1956. And then in 1961, we have Mickey Rooney as Mr. Yunioshi in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oof. Also, which is very cringeworthy. Also in 1961, we have Flower Drum Song. Uh, the role of Madame Leong was played by Juanita Hall, who was half black, half white. That role was supposed to go to Anna Mae Wong, but she was so ill. She was 56. She ended up dying oh. right. while they were making the film. She died of a heart attack. So then uh, then after the civil, the civil rights movement, we have 1973, John Gilgood. We've got John Car David Carradine in Kung Fu, which was supposed to go to oh. Bruce Lee. Yep. Linda Hunt in 1982 wins an Oscar for playing an Asian male. Which yeah. is a triumph in some ways, but also a little uh, weird. Um, yeah, short sighted. Uh, was and then we'll the, fast forward. That was Year of Living Dangerously. Yeah, yeah, and we'll fast forward to Emma Stone playing a Hawaiian Chinese actress in Aloha, Aloha in 2015, and the Scarlett Cameron Crowe film Aloha. Yeah. And then Scarlett didn't Charlie... Johansson did oh. Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That was the one um, I was thinking of. And then you know something I always think of, and I I've heard different takes on this, but we brought up Janine Tesori in the last episode. Thoroughly Modern Millie has a character that begins the play in yellowface and then takes it off and says, "I'm not actually, and I'm not actually Asian." Yeah. How do you that, feel about that? That actually, I at first, um, it was kind of a point of contention, but she's actually supposed to be played by a Caucasian woman. Mm -hmm. And her two assistants are actually Asian Americans, one of which was Francis Jew, who um, played who also played David Henry. Yeah, he played David Henry Wong in Soft Power and has done a, a, a done a, a ton of stuff. He was actually the original understudy for uh, B.D. Wong in M. Butterfly as well. That's right. Mm -hmm. So they it was the fact that they were able to play Asian characters themselves, the two assistants, because the whole madam in Yellowface was kind of a comment on right. what why it's bad so really thoroughly modern millie gets a pass because got it all right okay yeah i've always wondered and i don't know the show well enough to like ever give my own take on it but i know about it. i've seen it you know so i'm always like oh yeah 
that was offensive, right? And people are like, well, no, because it's so it's good to know. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for the clarification. It yeah. was fun. A lot of fun. I sh- I, so that's I also... my yellow face rant, y'all. Kilo, that was so a great I think every great was, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every episode should have a yellow face rant. I remember. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember as a kid, my my woke mom, like watching Breakfast at Tiffany's, and my mother going, "This can't last." Like I remember, like being like seven or eight, and she just going, "There, there's a point where they're not going to be able to show this, right?" Like. Like, even at that point, like, how, oh, God, how offensive it is. But then the rest of that movie is so fucking iconic to so many people mm-hmm. because right. of Audrey Hepburn and the LBD and all of that. Yeah. And it's just like, I, I can't watch, I, I haven't watched it in years and years and years. And I, I think it's also to doing that. worth mentioning Doctor Strange, Tilda Swinton. Who, uh, oh, yes, in, yes. Yeah. Tilda in the comments, There's a whole list. There's a whole list. Yeah. Right, but this isn't... It's kind of interesting because this is the debate is that in the comics, it is a uh, a man, an Asian man. And in the um, movie, I think they were trying to get Michelle Yeoh and mm-hmm. they couldn't get her. Or no, it was someone else. It was someone else. It wasn't Michelle Yeoh. There was someone they were trying to get. They couldn't get them. Uh, it might have been Jet Li. Um, couldn't get them and then they were like well what if we just cast someone completely different and we don't even do that like what if we're just like it's just completely off and they're like well let's just get someone with gravitas who can deliver insane lines tilda swinton and take her hair off and make her look crazy and you know she does a great job in it but a lot of people have been like well but that's a part that (laughs) very easily should have been cast with it well Asian. bailey they couldn't find anybody else that was fit well, for the role we searched the entire world but i said michelle Cameron mcintosh searched the whole world why didn't they like, get michelle the yo stra- michelle yo is the number off. one person to play why that not ming na wei who's actually just being yeah. cast in the new indigo girls music. sure right. yeah, oh my god right. yes you know, it's... Uh, well, you could say the same thing for the Scarlett Johansson in Ghost in the Shell. It's not really her body, right? Yeah, you know, it's like a that's robot the annoying body. part, right? Because Ghost in the Shell, she's like a she's a robot, and everyone's yeah. like arguing, and it's like, well, but and she's like, well, it's this American-made robot, and it's like, oh fuck <laughs> you, okay, but yeah, yeah but trash. in but in in the cartoon and. <sighs> It just, um, it just oh, let's so not much. go into Warner Brothers cartoons right now. Oh, know. no, no, no. Jesus Christ, yeah. Or Disney cartoons. But we should say uh, about Yellowface, um, the play, not the uh, hate act. Um, the, the Mark Taper Forum is actually where it began. Is that correct? Or did it just do In it? association with East West Players, that's where yeah. it, it did so its 2007 first it goes up at Mark Tabor Forum, which I've seen a lot of phenomenal plays there. Actually, one of the best plays I've ever seen was at Mark Tabor Forum. It was Heisenberg. Mary Louise Parker. It was Heisenberg. Thank you. Heisenberg. Yeah. Oh, that was great. He's the only star I've ever seen on stage, y'all. He's the only star I've ever seen. Yeah, all right. Um, I, saw, I, I, I saw Fun Home at Mark Tabor. Oh, really? I, I saw like Spring Mark Awakening the there. That was at the Amundsen. That was at the Amundsen. Oh, oh shit. With what's-her-name, uh, equity president. Uh, Not you, Siege, him, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think yours was at, was at Mark Taper, Siege. 
The one you was said. it Spring, Spring Awakening? Awakening? But then when you said almonds oh, and Kilo, cool. I was like, was I, it I don't, I don't think it was at the taper, no. It was the big, uh, huge the one. Yes. Oh, that's big, Amundsen. Big yeah. fat theater downtown. I saw Indecent at the Amundsen by... Ooh. Uh, uh, Paula Vogel and I saw Amelie and it was one of the worst musicals I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Um, but this... Asian Asian star, Philip. That's true. Philip was yeah. was mm-hmm. great. But that show and was... Sam Pinkleton Sam Pinkleton choreography. Did he? Oh, oh I shouldn't say that on the podcast. Yeah. Then he's great. Damn it. Okay, it's well. fine. He may agree. He'll never listen. <laughs> um, so uh, the other thing that's interesting about this is that uh, it wins the toe. The excuse me, it wins the Obi. Um. And it doesn't win the Pulitzer. This is 2008. I actually do know what. I didn't have to look this up. I know it wins the Pulitzer this year. Does anybody want to take a stab at it? 2008? 2008? I feel like it's something we've talked about, but I don't know. Absolutely is. That's a hint. It is written by a playwright we have covered, and it is one of my favorite plays of all time. The Flick. No. Damn it. 2008, 2008 uh, and uh, it's a male playwright, and it is one of our first miniseries. Oh, it's uh, August Osage County. August oh. Osage County. Oh, Tracy Lutz, great. Little Tracy one of my favorite plays of all time. He's all right. He's all right. Um, it <laughs> won the uh, Pulitzer that year over this. So. I mean, yeah, that's a that's a tough it's one. It's a right. tough one. It's that's an okay one. But. Yeah. Um, I mean, Yellowface. I do face, love this play. Better. I want to say I love this play. This is a great play. Yellowface. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. It's, I, you, it, it, there's something about all of his writing that is insanely accessible. He knows how to tell a story, and he knows how to pull in an audience, and make you feel comfortable, so that he can make you feel uncomfortable. He's a yarn um, spinner. And and it's it's just great because like like we said I love the character of David Henry Huang in this play and uh, and it just it just it just took me on the journey from from the beginning on through the whole Jonathan Price thing. By the way, I did go and I was like, I wonder what Jonathan Price has to say about that now. Mm. Um, mm. I could only find a 2016. <laughs> thing where he was basically like yeah i'm not going to apologize for it but uh you know he's like i artistic public... integrity right artistic. Well, and that's... it wasn't even that it was more it was way more british than that it was way... i was gonna say it was like i believe thing. strongly that that people that people need to be represented on stage and appropriately and but uh yeah i wasn't gonna give it up yeah, it's basically long and short of it. Mm. You know, that's five that's years like, ago. That's but. the like most British answer for all this. So Jeremy Irons says that about like the '97 Lolita. What freaking um, what's his name says it? Hank Azaria says it about playing Apu on The Simpsons. I know he's up British, but his he he's always just like, yeah, obviously we need to like cast more like East Indian people, but like it's a character, get over it. And it's sort can't, of like, oh, dude, God right. damn, can't people just take responsibility <laughs> and well, say, yep, and... you're right, it was a mistake. <laughs> Well, and obviously, you know, systemic racism starts at the top, right? So we have Cameron McIntosh, who obviously brought, yeah. hey, Les Miserables, okay? One of the best, most amazing yeah. things ever. And then he makes this comment about not bringing Jonathan Price. And then just most recently, he he made the comment about uh, not 
uh, cast or not wanting it's gimmicky to, use to cast trans people, yeah, trans <sighs> people in, in roles. So it's just sort of like, He's you know, insane. we get He's insane. it, you're just a little too old to be at the table, and so is the rest of our um, administration, yeah. But you know, I, oh, one thing I forgot to mention is Louise Reiner, who played Olan in uh, The Good Earth, was briefly married to Clifford Odets. Oh, oh, hey, Hell. <laughs> waiting for Lefty. Um, a few cool castings. Uh, in the in the original LA uh, cast, you have Hoon Lee, um, who was uh, in the revival of The King and I. That's how I know Hoon Tong Hoon Lee. Mm -hmm. um, and then you also have Si uh, Ma, who is actually one of my favorite actors. If you've ever seen, well, he's in the new Mulan that Disney made. He's the father, but also one of my favorite movies of the last like decade, The Farewell. Mm -hmm. uh, Lulu Wang's The Farewell. It's one of my of favorite it's, it's, movies. It's so good. It's and he's so absolutely and lovely. Yeah. I'm glad really you is. mentioned The Farewell because The Farewell was an American film uh, by Asian people that was nominated for Best Foreign Film because they smoked, they smoked a lot of opium. No, they spoke a lot of <laughs> a Mandarin in it. And it's just it's just kind of like, hmm. It made so no if sense. it were, if it were like, you know, a, a, a white German director who made a film that, you know, there's a little bit of German in it. It's yeah. just the whole otherness is just so. It's still very apparent. And Lulu yeah. Wang was like, "Why can't I write about my ancestors like this as an American? I'm right. an American." Yeah. And yeah. Lulu won my best director that year, and uh, The Farewell I think was my number one film that year. Actually, beautiful film. Truth. Yeah. Well, and that that kind of brings me to my favorite quote that I wrote down from this whole play was because there's no conflict, there's no conflict between being white and American. Mm. That's my favorite line in the play. Yeah, yeah, that is the best line in the play. You're right. I fucking love that. Um, Anyone else got another uh, line from the play? I don't. I just I did want to talk about I, I just how beautiful I thought the father son relationship was mm. throughout mm -hmm. all of this. And um, I, I was really affected by it in a way um, that I that kind of caught me by surprise. Um, and then um, I just want to say I love the fact that they get a big fuck you to Fred Thompson in this fucking play. <laughs> um, if you don't know who Fred Thompson is, he was an actor who became a Republican senator. And um, he was actually an okay actor. But like, uh, but he's... But he's okay spear actor, trash human. Trash human. And, but he spearheaded the, the whole investigation that led to nothing. It just fucked with people for five or six years right. and led to nothing. It was, you know, Yellow Scare and the Chinese and it's all that bullshit that uh, this last dick that was in the White House fucking tried to hoist on us. I'm hey, y'all would sorry. love Soft Power. You didn't see Soft Power? No. God, no, I didn't get to see it here. It. I think I was on the verge of getting tickets and something happened or I was in a show or I can't Just remember. Just think of it how, think of it as like. Uh, a reverse the king and I so we have a Chinese man coming to America and trying to school the Americans and meets the biggest political leader who's who is Hillary Clinton so they start kind of a romantic thing and then like he talks to Hillary about oh well you should try communism and she's trying to you know get more votes and like votes why do you you know why do you even bother with votes so it's just so clever what they've done 
but this whole again like reverse um uh um, narrative mechanism. reverse narrative yeah yeah cool yeah i need to uh i need to see it but yeah this uh this dude was this dude's uh he's pretty David, good playwright things are gonna happen he's for pretty him good. Pretty okay. I, he's pretty good he's pretty okay. good things are gonna, gonna happen things are gonna happen yeah he's gonna be i gotta be honest i put him on a place in my ranking list of the playwrights for our finale um based before i had read the plays i was just like I, he'll probably fall like right here mm-hmm. and uh that changed <laughs> and i had to move him uh like three spots I've like changed, three whole I've spots. Changed, like, i don't know what i'm gonna fucking times. do i don't know i look at the list well, every you, day and you i'm have like two i know weeks less to now. figure it out cj <laughs> two yeah. weeks um well i think his whole his whole you know his whole um theme to his stuff is just like you know their american the america's romance with asia tends to be more of a flirtation with the exotic mm-hmm. rather than an attempt to actually genuinely interculturally understand each other exactly I well and a fetishization type of yes. thing like you really see that going in with m butterfly for sure oh yeah absolutely yeah. and all of these are playing with western versus well we say western because that's how we like to look at the map but it, you know it's it's american modernized sort of whatever versus colonizers traditional yeah and then the colonization of it all it's it's all it's all here it's all great he's pretty phenomenal he also has written after this a very dna reunion chinglish uh which uh Kilo, what did you think of chinglish you read that yeah chinglish is highly highly entertaining yeah. It's about an American businessman who uh, has a sign company in Ohio and tries to go and get some business in China. And in China, it's more about building relationships outside of the office. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. It's more about smoking cigars, having dinner, doing things. And, you know, ultimately, and then, you know, he he tries to, to meet this, you know, this. he basically has an affair. Uh, and you know the theme is basically that we are all misunderstood, yet we were we are all speaking the same language. Oh, mm. it's true. Have you guys um, ever seen the really bad James L. Brooks film Spanglish? No. I remember it. I I thought about it when I heard this, Starring this title to this. Freaking Adam Sandler, yeah, right, trash. right, right. That's yeah. all. I, that's all. I don't know why. I even <laughs> and I was, a, and I'm a James L. Brooks fan from all of his earlier shit. Yeah, the Simpsons Terms and of all Endearment, that. The Simpsons. But yeah, yeah that was a fucking uh, mistake. Um, I wanted to do yes. another shout out for um, the uh, the libretto that he wrote for A Thousand Airplanes on the Roof, which mm. was a Philip Glass composition. It's an opera. Uh, mm-hmm. that they did together and i got to That's see cool. videos uh of of it and um <laughs> and it's it's a dense it's filled glass so <laughs> you know it's it's not for everybody i guess you could say but it's not for uh, la not for la <laughs> no. i saw uh, i saw einstein on the beach at la opera oh i, I saw that in the balcony yeah the whole audience left and so then i went down to the orchestra because i was like everyone's gone i'm gonna i kind of liked it i kind of liked it i get why people would hate it what yeah my companion who was sitting next to me was like i'm too dumb for this shit (laughs) (laughs) uh he also did another thing with philip glass later the sound of a voice which was based on all these plays it was sort of this 
Mm. Yeah, his, his connection them. with people. And then we should also mention... And The Voyage. He did something called The, the Voyage. voyage yeah. Class. yeah, go ahead. Um, no, but he mentions it. He talks about it in Yellowface, the, the Margaret Cho, um, him being pulled on as a consultant to the Margaret Cho sitcom, which mm-hmm. right. I don't know if you guys remember all the drama that was around yeah. that. And the, 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 the torture that that woman went through on yeah. fucking 900 levels from, you know from being a woman to, to being to being Asian and all of it it's just it, it was it was crazy and, um, and I have a just... notorious Cho stand up um, notorious Cho VHS somewhere yeah. nice up in he this stand up um, we, Tracy Ullman has also performed in Yellowface oh yeah oh. yeah she did it on her show a yeah. Lot. Yeah. yeah the Tracy Ullman show was which she has a, a new version of that it's called Tracy Ullman's show she's great I don't know yeah she's great we'll see um she, he's done a ton of other operas we mentioned The Fly The Fly um, <laughs> um he's done a lot of film and television uh he wrote obviously the Cronenberg um film of M. Butterfly and then his last two plays that he's written were Kung Fu and Cain and Abel. Uh, did he have anything to do with Allegiance? Did he work on no, that at all? He did not. Takei? He did not. He okay. did not write. He did not write that. But he's a fan of it. And George Takei, who he's worked with many times, has invited him to speak on many panels about. Oh, uh, sure. What, yeah, you know, I just Japanese. saw it, him on a lot of pages that were talking about allegiance and things. I was like, oh, interesting, but it would never say his involvement. So that's great. Um, is there anything y'all want to say about him before we do our final segments? No, I just think he's fucking great. He's an American yeah. treasure. And um, do yourself a favor, go see his stuff or go just go read it. Like, it, yeah. it, they're great reads. Like, that's the... You know, I think that's often the test. You know, we've talked a lot of, on here about August Wilson and the pleasure of opening up an August Wilson play and just reading it, um, you know, as opposed to, you know, other plays that get a little more technical and all that. And I just loved his shit. I just loved yeah. all three of these. So I there's something... We're lucky, Go ahead. We're lucky to live in an era where new American playwrights are still alive and still making works. And, you know, we're still learning from them. And they are also still learning with us yeah yeah agreed susan laurie parks is still putting out plays y'all so we're mm-hmm. fine um and dhh too uh so there's this thing that we like to do uh keila i don't know if i warned you about this or not but i like to kill darlings i like to put things in an order where you would then know how much we like them um because honestly bailey loves ranking shit I do. I love ranking shit. Uh, this is Bailey Loves Ranking Shit. We have to rank these three plays. Three, two, one. Oh. Uh, CJ, you start. Three, two, one. These plays go. Three, Yellowface. Two, Golden Child. One, M. Butterfly. I wow. think it had so many things to say in 1988, and I think those things have continued to shift and be even more so to this day. I would love to see a 2021 M Butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, Keela? Three, two, one. Three, Yellow Face, two, M Butterfly, one, Golden Child. I just love a good family drama. The whole Chekhovian, Sam Shepard kind of. 
um, energy about it and a period piece that takes me back uh, to a place that I need to still learn about. Yeah. Scott? Scott? Scott yeah, uh, yeah Keela and I are on the same page. Uh, Yellow Face and Butterfly and Golden Child. Golden Child just crept up on me and I just loved it. I, But I didn't, I, I can't disparage any of these three plays. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, very important. <laughs> yeah, this one's hard for me. I, I really love the meta aspect of Yellow Face. I really love that it's a play about a play that he wrote. Like it's just it, it's a play about a play but also about another play, about a musical. Like it's like I'm kind of obsessed with that. So it's kind of hard for me. Um this is different. Number 3 Oh, fuck no, I can't. <laughs> you have to. It feels to. weird to do Tell this. Your darlings. It feels weird to do this. Number three, in butterfly. <gasps> Number two, <laughs> yellow face. Number one, golden child. I think golden child was my favorite read, mm-hmm. and I just want to see it so badly. <laughs> I it, I think it's be really exciting. I want to see the costumes. I want to see a set that's just like perfect, and and that that's exciting to me. Um, but yeah, in Butterfly, I love I love it so much, and I wonder if the movie ruined it for me a little bit. Mm. But I just I, can totally I don't know. The that. other two really caught me off guard. I wasn't ready for them, and I appreciated them. Uh, so thanks for ranking shit with me, guys. I really love that. There's another thing I want to ask y'all, um, especially Keila. Uh, do you have any? Dream roles. Do you have any dream roles within these plays? Uh, within the plays, uh, let me think about that. But as soon as you said that, since we're talking about Cameron McIntosh, I always wanted to play Angeros and Les Mis, and I always wanted to play the king and the king and I, and I always wanted to play the engineer in Miss Saigon. Ah, uh, yeah. But um, <laughs> I think, interesting that, you, is everybody getting this question? Yeah. yeah. Is everyone allowed to play a role in yeah. these plays? There's I mean, there are roles. appropriate yeah. roles, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the, the, the lead of, of Golden Child, Ang Ting. And, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Or, um, you know, B.D. Wong in Yellow Face is hilarious. <laughs> and so is Stuart Ostro. Uh, Stuart Ostro, his, his, his producer and collaborator. Right. Uh, you know, because you can play many roles in, in there are a lot of, you know, yeah, the, yeah. actors can play many different roles in Yellow Face. And what was the other play? Oh, M. Butterfly. Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Song. You want to play song? You can play yeah. song. Yeah. I, I'd love to play both. I'd love to play both, actually. Oh, yeah. Maybe uh, I'll do it in rep, repertory with the other actor. Yes. And we'll yes. both, we'll Perfect. That'd be cool. Kind of like, kind cool. of like True West that I saw yeah. with Phil Seymour Hoffman mm-hmm. and... Um, and Scott and I have talked about doing that together someday, maybe. Yeah. True West. Yeah. I would love to see that. Yeah. Anyway. Flip, flip that. Siege, you got any? Oh, man. The two French ladies in M. Butterfly, Renee yeah. and Helga. Renee's monologue about all the wars are happening because guys are comparing dick size. I'm like, he wrote this in <laughs> 1988. And they kind of gave it a Diane from Cheers moment of like, listen to this crazy <laughs> feminist. But I was like, yes. Yeah. He knew. Love that. <laughs> Scott? Scott. Oh, I wanna I wanna play Gallimore someday. I'd love mm. to do that. I would love 
just think it's a fucking great role. And then oh, yeah. Reverend Baines. That would be a fun, cool role to play, man. <laughs> yes, sure. Like, oh, yeah, I, you're right. That would be a great role. Like, Actually, oh, that man. would be awesome. I was going to make a joke and say, I want to play audience member at Golden Child. But now <laughs> I'm like, no, actually, that's who I would want to play. The Reverend. That would be fantastic. It would be a lot of fun. Oh, okay. What I'll about you, Bale? That's it. That's all. Um, Reverend uh, Bailey. Reverend B. Reverend, Reverend B. B. All right. That or audience member uh, at oh, Golden Child. And um, shout out to uh, Hollywood uh, just putting out Shang-Chi, which was uh, a triumph in Shang-Chi. the Asian American. Oh, we Kila. all went together. We, we, we went we together went and we talked about it on the Ibsen uh, episodes. It was... Oh, oh sh- right. Was it Ibsen that we talked? Yeah. Yeah. It, we had a... Yeah. We blast. had a. I we, saw it twice we went that like weekend. At, we went like too. at eleven thirty at night, and like oh. it had been a long yeah. day, and the three of us were just like giddy school kids. Ready I loved it. it. It's beautiful. so much fun. I, I just all of the design. Like I got to. You got to give credit to all that production design work too, because yeah. it was. So that's just, a step yeah. in the right direction. Yeah. And then I went and wow. saw it at the Atlantic Times Square, uh, which is like near Alhambra. I don't actually know where it is, but it it with a it's it's pretty much like everything around it is written in Chinese characters and everyone I'm 99% sure it was like a mostly Chinese audience and it was the most fun I had a freaking blast everyone was hooting and hollering and laughing at stuff I don't think I even understood and it was the best <laughs> ah, it was so much fun. yeah representation uh, have, have you guys talked about in the heights oh we yeah. have oh yeah what, what was okay. your take on in the heights I had a good time. I enjoyed it more than the stage version. Uh, yeah. I've like, heard that and I've heard the opposite. I haven't seen it on stage, so I can't speak to it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's fun, but I I think there were some things that were a little more moving seeing it on film because you're able to weave in and out so many different types of scenes. For right. sure. I'm a John M. Chu stan from now John on. Chu, oh. come on, John Chu just did yeah. fantastic. Because <laughs> Crazy Rich Asians because, is also Yeah, because really he good. has that vocabulary. It's very quick, it's flashy, it's tasteful. Yeah. yeah. And you know, uh, and I just thought some of the you know, some of the choreography and in the Heights was was really spectacular and yeah. it made me excited for West Side Story. Woohoo! I have no, I have yeah. no, I, is, Scott is, I have is, no is faith in that. None. Contrarian about it. Here's no, the thing. I, and I I'm love gonna it. make I you watch it. it. But I, I, no, I'll go see it. I okay. love West Side Story. I just don't have any faith in him anymore. I just don't. And Spielberg. He's, he doesn't trust his audience. He doesn't I understand trust that, his but I anymore. think Kushner probably took Spielberg's testicles and squeezed them so hard that this is Sondheim be too. Sondheim was there. You know, yes. He, 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 I think he, I, he was part of that. Scott, I'm gonna. I, 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 all everything I've heard from from critics and and people that I trust is that this thing is gonna work and it's gonna be good. But we'll see. We'll see. Rita Marino is playing Doc. That's all I'm saying. Beautiful. All right. Um, do we have anything uh, that we want to shout out in terms of Los Angeles Spotlitio? LA Spotlight. Um, just uh, the same things that we talked about um, on the last episode are continuing. Uh, first of all, we should give a shout out. Uh, I think we did earlier in this episode, but we might have blurred them. Uh, Filipino American History Month 
is going on is the month of October. Uh, so go see that. Um, and then on uh, October 16th and 17th, uh, Infinite Jest Theater is presenting uh, John Lilly's new uh, play, Galathea. It's a queer love story set inside the landscape of, of a classical myth. Um, so go give, give that a check out. Also, uh, what we didn't shout out last time, um, if you're in California, if you love small theater, if you love small arts organizations, dance companies, that sort of thing, uh, do a post, send an email to Governor Gavin Newsom, to your uh, state rep and your state senator uh, to support uh, SB 805. It basically provides funding and um, money to small arts organizations, and it literally could change uh, a lot of lives and provide a lot of jobs, a lot of paying jobs. So uh, please, uh, please support um, if you're in California. If you're outside of California, please support it anyway. Go on Twitter, resupport SB805. Thank you. I had the pleasure of seeing David Kwan, K W O N. He is an illusionist at the Geffen Theater. Oh. I don't know his background. I'm assuming he's half Asian. He's a brilliant, brilliant magician. Uh, I saw that. I'm seeing My Fair Lady the tour, and I'm seeing Seven Guitars by August Wilson. Oh, yeah, I am dying to we're, see we're, that. We're all going at Noise Within. Yeah, we should. Yeah. I, I should have given that shout out. Um, but we're all going to go see that together. Yeah. CJ, you got anything? Uh, just want to push. We did it last week, but our friend Jonas's uh, scripted podcast, the Love Arc Podcast. You can find that on Twitter and Instagram at Love Arc with a K Podcast. It's a scripted series wherever you get your podcasts. That's right, and also get your tickets to Head Over Heels at the Pasadena Playhouse. Yeah. I'm seeing we have Head Over a... Heels next month phenomenal cast uh and then the rest of our season is fun too so maybe become a member get season tickets whatever you can do but head over heels i will tell you it's an immersive dance party so you can either buy uh tickets where you have seats that you're actually sitting on stage or in the mezzanine or you can buy tickets where you get to dance party in the middle of the space with the actors as they perform uh that sounds like a blast to me i'm very excited to go to it and to uh provide comps to these fine hosts here actually <laughs> yeah. pay for it yourselves um <laughs> oh when does I that have... open bailey i already bought a ticket opens <laughs> november 14th previews start the 9th and i have one more thing actually um on saturday october 16th at eight o'clock at fools at our main stage celebration is doing a coming out cabaret oh yeah um, we're super stoked to have them in our space i already bought a ticket Brittany wheeler who did uh some work for us on the august wilson miniseries she'll be performing in it so that's october 16th at eight o'clock at the main stage at the at the broadwater very yeah. exciting we love uh celebration um Thank you for joining us for part two and the finale of M. Potterfly, the works of David Henry Huang. Please join us next week because it is not an end stuff bonus episode. It is our season finale of season two. It's our curtain call episode. We're going to rank our playwrights, rank all of the, the the our top ten plays, which is going to kill me. Um, and then also... I'm going to need some bourbon. That's right. We're going to talk through the season, talk about highlights, things like that. But we're also going to I'm probably going to make them answer some questions that I'm not going to tell them about where they're going to have to rank certain things that happened in the season. I'm not even going to prep them for it. It's going to be hilarious. Great. It's going to be the best. <laughs> um, after that, though, we're going to kind of take a break. And from we're going to have a bonus miniseries on Shakespeare's tragedies, uh, Titus Padronicus. 
and then we are going to, or is it tied cast Podronica? Titus Padronicast. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but after that, we're just gonna like sort of once a week we'll put out a small mini sode or a, a you know some sort of unstuff bonus episode where we just are checking in with you guys, making sure you know what's going on in LA theater, but also just like nerding out on like stupid theater adjacent shit until we start back up with season three, uh, which will most likely be 2022. But we'll see. It might be earlier. I don't know. Uh, and we'll announce some of those new playwrights on that episode so you're going to want to check that out uh cj questions comments suggestions do you want to tell us how fucking great we are please please contact us we'd love to hear from you via email you can find us on instagram twitter or facebook scat thank you cj big shout out to ryan thomas johnson for writing our theme song our theme song is better than your theme song it's true uh, Ryan also writes all of our stingers, and we love him for it. Uh, also, big shout out to Pamela Quinn for writing our uh, DHH-centric song, which you are about to hear. We love you, Pam. Thank you for everything. And finally, to the great Annie Baker for writing every single one of our episodes, and she doesn't even know it. And one day, Annie Baker, we're going to buy you a beer. Mm-hmm. Yay. It's true. Uh, subscribe, rate, review. We said it at the top. We're saying it again. Uh, we we love you guys so much. We miss you dearly. Keela, thank you so freaking much for being on this Thanks for this being mini-series. here. Great We're going to have you back you. next season. Yeah, it was a awesome. pleasure. Please, anytime. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. We need to have more um, singing in the episodes. I think that's true. I'm in. I think that's true. Pick yourself a wrong. road. See the pretty countryside. countryside. In case you didn't know, mouths and butts are the same thing. If you don't know why, look it up or just listen to some of our backlog and uh, you'll find out. Uh, peace, everybody. Have a good one. Go Thank read some you plays. Thank you so much. Yeah, Thank you, Keela. Yeah. Hurrah. Thank you all. Getting to know you. <laughs> Getting to know, Getting to know all about you. you. Getting to like, Getting to like you. you. Getting to hope you, you like, like me. me. That's good, right? Uh, bye. bye. Later, everybody. Bye. The way the light and shadow mix across my face. You'll never know the truth. The truth has been erased. I shadow you. I'll never tell the reason why I'm here. Just close your eyes, I'll lullaby, protect you from your fears. Oh.